Well, I've got a lot of books and things I'm going to give away, so I'll just give them to you. Uh, if um, one of you or two of you can help me just give these out. Uh, I've got a whole other stack here. I had no idea how many would be here or would not. Uh, wait, wait a minute. I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the wrong one. That, that's the next course. <laughs> that's the next one I'm doing. Let's put those back and I'm going to swap there with you. Okay. And uh, take that. So if you come to the next one too, you get two of these little bookers to take home. Or you can buy them off the table out there, but they're free to you. The other, <clears throat> one of the <clears throat> bigger ones we're doing <clears throat> Excuse me. Is uh, a number one team pursuing a number one dream? Has a lot to do with Sunday school, rejuvenating, and everything. Um, uh, because uh, we were in, <clears throat> I was in the uh, back in uh, the early seventies and eighties with Dr. Robertson. That was the second largest church in the nation at that time. In fact, at that time in the seventies and eighties, the nine of the ten largest churches in America were independent Baptists. <clears throat> They're all gone. Um, but uh, these are the principles that we live by. And uh, this has a lot of information in it. And uh, I hope, uh, how many of you are pastors? Anybody pastoring in here? Okay, good. All right. Uh, if, if you don't even come to that, I want to give you one. <laughs> okay. I'm, uh, it looks like I'm in a giveaway stage right now. But... Uh, so let's get on with our, what we're going to do here. We also have a book that goes with this. It's, it's a full-size book. You don't, you, you're going to get this free, and if you want to take that one, uh, that's, that's okay too. But uh, we've been doing that all these years in our, our churches. Bearing Precious Seed is where I'm at now at the church in, in Milford, Ohio. Uh, you may know that name as uh, Bible Printing. They started from scratch, two guys getting gas together, started talking and said, you know, the church ought to print the Bible. And that's where it started. And now we got uh, two machines in there that are as long as a basketball court. Great big printers, just like you'd walk into the Daily News out here someplace. And beside it now, we've got another one that's the same size. And they printed, uh, it within four, the first 40 years, they printed, I think it was 240 million scriptures and sent them all over the world free of charge to missionaries. They can do it now in two years. They can do that many in two years. And it's getting even faster. <laughs> Just ding, there goes the Bible, you know. <laughs> and uh, we got big old transfer trucks coming in there. You, you'll see three, three at a time sometimes, waiting to load up or bring paper or things like that. So doing a good job on that. They're in, uh, they, they printed about 60-something languages now. We just started a linguistic school there for somebody that wants to learn how to interpret the Bible in a land that has never had a Bible ever in their life. We take them for four years, and they're on the field for a year. And, uh, and uh, so we started a little school like that. I think we got about 14 now. And, um, but they're planning to go to a place that has never, ever, ever had the Word of God and live there long enough. Because some languages are pretty bad, you know. Like, mm -hmm, that's, a, that's a word in that language, you know. <laughs> or, this. <laughs> well, it's a word in that language, and you've got to go and learn that. Now, how can I print the Bible with that language? And so, uh, it's a great ministry, great place to live, and we're, we're just still there. Uh, all right, let me put this apart. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Now, I want you to, uh, we're going to use this one, the great value of one-point lessons. You know, I've been around this a long, long time and teaching teachers and workers, and one of the things I see that uh, is uh, kind of a hindrance sometimes is that a whole lot of our teachers uh, um, give, the con- give a good content, but the application only comes in at the last five minutes or so. It's all content. And if you've been in the church a long time, you know that already. You've heard that message 15 times already, you know. But it's the content that changes my life. And uh, so we're going to talk about that, trying to get to one-point lessons. Uh, and, and now I've got more time to illustrate, demonstrate, uh, hit the, uh, the places that it hits. And because every, every student is a little bit different than the other one. He may have things going on in his life that you never ever had in your life. And the same truth can touch him or her or that child down there or whatever. So here's what I'm going to do. We're just going to kind of read through this. These are 20 books. I've got 11 of them out on the table there. And you can buy a, a, a regular size book. I put them all also in a regular size book. And, and it's cheaper than buying all these for $2 a piece. Now, this you you get. Let's see how much money I, let, I lost right now. <laughs> I was worried I wouldn't bring enough. And I, I, I was way up here. I said, Ham, you got, uh, you got over 100 books there. That's $200 you're going to give away. Uh, and I will if that just come in my class. I'm so sad. Uh, all right. But we're going to start here with a great value of one, one point lessons. So what I want you to do is, is read along with me. I'll, I'll tell you now. Let's start and read this paragraph together. Because that's how you learn best for me. I, I can hear it. I can listen to you uh, for 30 minutes and walk out the door. And five minutes later, I couldn't even remember the, <clears throat> the topic you were on, <clears throat> much less specifically, how does I, do I put that in my life? So the very first page gives you a few guidelines. I just want to hit it real quick. Uh, like uh, uh, paragraph two, read each booklet a little at a time, such as four or five pages. Stop. Reread the pages, making, making a sentence, uh, marking a sentence here, a paragraph there, or a quote, or a quote from some excellent author. That's enough for one day. Uh, I have, uh, I've been reading most of my life since I got saved. And uh, I know you can't, um, you, you, you can't read a whole book and say, boy, that was great. And what we do is lay it aside and never, ever, ever, ever look at it again. So everything we read in there is gone from my mind. I, I, I see a title of, so I, I think I read that. <laughs> what good did it do? It's still sitting over there, you know? So uh, look at these little booklets as, as you teaching you. Mark them, write in them. Uh, I, I do that all the time. <clears throat> but let's finish up here. But uh, uh, continue your reading tomorrow or next week as time allows. Scan over what you've marked from your first reading. Then read the next four or five pages. Read aloud as though you're trying to teach yourself. Now, let's do that together on this next paragraph right here. I want you to read it with me. You ready to go? All right. Repetition is an absolutely wonderful word. Little bits of knowledge, well remembered, will increase your ministry. If it's good enough to read, it's better to retain and even better to use as soon as possible. 
All right? Now, see, you even told yourself that. Uh, this booklet told you that. You just now told yourself that. So it, it gets a little bit better uh, in that. Uh, let me use the last, last paragraph here. When you desire to refresh your mind again of the best parts you read before, read again only what you marked previously. So in 10 minutes or so, you can fill your mind with the best of the booklet had to offer. Repetition keeps information with you for a long time. Repetition is still one of the greatest ways to teach. Repetition. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Now I remember it longer. So I'm not going to uh, read uh, every booklet like that, but one rule is just stay on the page with me, okay? Let's go over to the next page, page two. So I like to read to myself as, as though I'm teaching myself. So, so mark what, you, what, you, what hits you or what you say, you know, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Or maybe I have and I, and I knew it was a good idea, but I never have used it again. Mark it. Put, put, I'd put down an ab. Do this. <laughs> All my books are like that. So when I read a book, I can come back if I've marked it well. In about two chapters, I can understand if this book's going to help me or not. I've, I've got, uh, sometimes I've gotten two quotes out of a book and threw the thing in the, in the trash can. But those two quotes are still with me 50 years later. Because it touches me, it moves me, it tells me where to go. And, and um, so, look, look at the top there. Uh, you've heard uh, the saying, hard to remember, easy to forget. That's the way it is. In teaching, that is so true when too much content is given at one time. I have forever heard the three points in a poem or the five, five rhyming P's. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a, an attempt to uh, get us to remember it more. They're all in the P's or O's or C or D or whatever it is. Yet, yet, the retention value seems to fade so quickly. The message was actually fine, but the retention never stayed long enough to matter. How many E's or P's or T's were used? Now look at the next paragraph. I've seen such outlines. We had a, a assistant pastor in our place the, for, for, for most of those years at Highland Park. And uh, I still don't know what he did, but <laughs> he was there. And um, uh, I would, I would uh, when Dr. Robertson would get up to preach, I'd... I'd uh, I was on this side of him, and, and the two other men were on the other side. And this guy would pull out a white, uh, just a, just a uh, note, note booklet there. And he would, he, would, he would put on there P, 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 and P, or O, 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 or A, A, A. Uh, and then he would, uh, he would go like this, and he'd start thinking. <laughs> and every now and then, he'd write something down up there as the title of that part of the message. Uh, we got booklets up front here. Uh, one of you guys that's sitting near the back, um, just put some back there in case others come in. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so we're in the middle paragraph of page uh, two here. So um, I've, I've seen such outlines. Uh, he, one, of, one of his I looked at, it said, when I looked over it closely, it, looked, it said, the profundication of the proud. And number two, the next piece said, the personification of the perplexed. 
<laughs> and I said, great, cobs of goose grease. What in the world? Uh, but but even even with those, I could add two, two, a couple more with those, such as the pusillanimous pipsqueaks in my class. <laughs> you know, I'll talk about that for a while this week. Uh, well, slightly, slightly exaggerated, but only slightly. However, it's not, listen, listen to this now, it's not the outline that's so fa- fan, uh, fascinating that it sticks longer in my memory. Here's, here's the, the good part. It is the impression felt by my heart of how it actually works in my real life. And that's what you've got to get to. You can't go with 30 minutes of content and five minutes of application of that. Uh, you need to be more close to more than half of each, a half content, half application. I lean a little bit more to a third um, uh, content, and, uh, and the whole rest of my class is application. Here's how it works on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Here's how it works on your, your, your days when you're not in school or you're not in church and, and you're, you're out in your school or, or someplace else. When I see myself in your lesson, that sticks. See, if I had a pencil, if I was you, I'd write, I'd I'd mark that. That sticks. Uh, I don't want to forget that. It's a relevancy I need to see. So when I see the value of God's truth, not just in, in the world, but to me, I listen better. Watch this. I listen better. I retain better. I understand that I can apply the truth today before another moment goes by. Most churches, uh, most people don't have uh, uh, hard to ever give an invitation. Uh, and it, I'm not saying you have to do that every time you, you, you speak or preach. But uh, what, was, what was the lesson about? Was it just about something I've heard over and over for years and years and years? Or was it something that I need right now? Because he touched the area of my life that I need. It was different than that student's area. They, 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 that, that scripture can touch everybody in your classroom, but where they're living, if you have the chance to do that. So I listen better. I retain better. I understand uh, that I can apply it right now. So why in the world, if it's a lesson that, that could be applied in the next five minutes, why don't I stop sometime and give them time to apply that? In other words, like an invitation to what you just said. And I'm not saying you have to do that every time you teach. But what was the purpose of the lesson? Just content? I've heard that, you know, uh, for years and years. But I, I, want, I want my life to change by it. So down at the bottom, for me, I never seem to make multiple decisions per class lesson. But I can handle one at a time. I hardly ever listen to a sermon that's got uh, several points or a lesson that does that and, uh, and, and bow my knee and, and get this and this and this and this straight in my life at one time. I do well if I can handle one area of my life at a time. Now I see clearly how Jesus was talking to me and this is the way to get it out of your life or put it into your life. Then that's what I want. Uh, so I listen better when those things happen. For me, it, it, it doesn't happen that way. Um, if I, here, now, here's a tough little statement I wrote, I wrote not in your book. If I don't know my students' needs, then why am I their teacher? Why am I their teacher? Well, 
I never thought of that. <laughs> well, it's time to think of that, you know. And again, I'm not saying you have to give an invitation every time, but if you know some of the needs of your students, and if you don't know, why don't you know? Nobody else is going to teach them but you when they come in your class. So um, it's the implications of the truth you teach that greatly help to clarify and focus each student on the way it works for them. That's what strikes home, see. Um, so I, I can't know their greatest needs, probably their top two needs of their life or their family or whatever. Maybe they don't want to give that to me. And, and that's fine. But could I find out what's on their list is number three or four or five? Let me start there and uh, help them to understand that I care for them. And, and that'll give me some ideas for lessons in the future if I know the needs of my class. If I don't, then I haven't, uh, might as well uh, let somebody else teach the crowd. Uh, so anyway, let's go to the next page, page three. <clears throat> Now, I want you to read this paragraph with me, all right? Now, uh, now I will, uh, uh, we do, we're going to do this several times through, through the thing, but I want you to read it, and we're, just, we're not going to go real fast, uh, uh, but I want you to read it as if you're telling yourself this. I would say, Ab. <laughs> you ever heard, you ever seen anybody else named Ab? A-B-B. What a, what a name. My dad did that to me when he was just a little bit fella. They had one in the, in the funny papers back in the 40s. Uh, I, just turned, I just turned 80, 82. But I'm still alive, so <laughs> don't count me out yet. Uh, but uh, there was a thing in the funny paper called Little Abner. He was an old, an old some of you... You're not that old, are you? And you remember all that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but it was an old country guy, you know, and uh, everybody just loved that, that thing. And he started calling me that, and everybody caught on. And uh, he used to call me Little Abner. And I said, Dad, please. <laughs> and so I finally settled for Ab. Nobody knows Robert Lowell Thomas. That's my name. Nobody knows that but my wife and the, and the uh, tax people <laughs> you know they, they know exactly where I live and who I am all right so let's read this together now at the top here we begin let's say your lesson next week is on honesty and the suggested title is honesty is truthful words and ways so in your particular age group of students how could honesty or dishonesty show up in their real life situations in the coming week or two how would dishonesty tempt children at school, on the playground, in the classroom, on the ball team, on a bike ride, or other typical situations in life? That's where they live, and that's what grabs their attention. And of course, honesty is one of those topics that touches all age groups. Your adults may still have questions on honesty or little lies or half-truths. Let's go with the next one, too. To connect with today's students, it needs to make sense within their experiences to date. Too much has changed to simply expect them to respond as you responded 30 years ago. Today is different, and so are your students, and so are a multitude of old and new temptations. 
And see, you need to read that two or three times or once a week for uh, a month or two. And uh, so it'll remind you to keep pointing to your lesson to their situations and their lifestyles and so on. Uh, See, how does it work at at school, on the playground, in the classroom, the ball team, a bike ride? Uh, You think of situation for whatever age you teach, even the adults. I think think one of the biggest problems us adults are going to face at the judgment seat of Christ is the... uh, the, uh, Sins that we've never confessed. They just finally went, ran away, didn't th- think of it anymore. Until next year when preacher preaches about that very topic and all of a sudden he brings it up again. And, and I start fighting myself. I'm not that bad now. I, I'm better on that and so forth. And all of a sudden we sing a song and, and it goes away. And we walk out the door and we're just the same as we came in. Um, but even adults have problems with this. How do you understand your students down at the bottom there? Listen to them. Read about them. Talk to a teacher who faces them, the worst of them, five days a week for nine months of the year. They know, they know about your age group. Uh, now, let's, uh, let's scoot on over to uh, page four and uh, talk to parents of teenagers that are in your class age. Watch them in the church service. Watch your grandchildren. See when their attention peaks and when it vanishes away. Take note of that. Learn how they learn best. Watch your students' mannerisms as you teach. I remember Dr. Keene, just a little bit after I got there, I'd I'd already started master clubs down at Highland Park. And the the next pastor after Dr. Robertson came in, I, I, I brought everything we'd done there for 20 years and put it up in a room so he could walk in. I say, Pastor, our new pastor, this is what we've done for the last 20 years with children and teenagers. And he wouldn't even walk down four doors down the hallway to even look at what we'd done for 20 years. And I said to myself that day, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm gone. Dr. Robertson had uh, wanted me to stay on another year to help Dr. Faulkner, and I did. But... Uh, that, that was it. And so I brought what we had done up to First Baptist Milford. And now we have, we have hundreds, uh, hundreds of churches that, that use Master Club. I don't know what you use and there are other good things out there. But I'll tell you one thing. Uh, if you want any interest, I've got three of these here. That's, it's a whole pack we send out on that. But we got, we got kids in missions now. We got them doing all kinds of things with this. You won't believe it till you look in there and see. Um, now, let's read again together the next one. Uh, your adults class is as different as you are. How many of you teach adults in here for Sunday school? All right. Again, just a few. All right. But they're like everybody else. They're just another age group. Um, Listen, listen to this part. Even if you teach adults that are in the same age bracket that you are, you don't walk in their shoes. You don't have their personality or problems. You were not raised by their parents or his parents or been under her circumstances or lived in their home. You don't have the unbelievable debt accumulated by the Rose family. 
You don't have two kids into drugs and one child is totally unmanageable. You haven't gone for two years without a dress, but Sue has. You haven't been out of work for six months with no job in sight, but Jason has. And there he sits right in your classroom. Wonder what's going through his mind. Your son is not in the war zone, but the James family have twins who are in the war zone right now. You are unique, and so are all your students in your class. You must get to know them. You simply must be that significant for your students. That's why in the same class of students, there should be one great truth applied to multiple situations of life because people are different. Same truth. That's amazing about the scriptures and the word of God. <clears throat> just just one, one verse can touch a multitude of lives. Moving in this direction, that direction, that direction, going a little bit off over here. A heavy dose of content assures less time for review and repetition. If content is the big thing for me, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour as many pages as I can into that. I'm going to I'm going to talk faster because I want to get to the end of it <clears throat> uh, because I've got so much content here. But by the time I do that and I slip a little bit and somebody asks a question, which I don't like them to do. And, <laughs> you know, uh, that's the life of a teacher, you know, but uh, pretty soon they get like that. And, and uh, there's no time left for uh, how's it work in real life. But a heavy dose of content assures time for that to happen now. I put in here uh, seven little quick quote, quick points uh, to remind us uh, of how significant your uh, words can be as a teacher. Your words can be. I want you to read these with me. Just we'll, we'll, we'll say each one. We'll say number one. It's the bottom line, and we'll go on. Number two. We'll go like that. All right. All right. Let's start with number one. It's the bottom line. Take home and remember point of all points. Number two. Now I can illustrate the same one point three to five times or much. Go ahead. Number three, the repetition fixes that one key principle in the mind of each. Number four, every illustration, role play or personal testimony will enhance understanding. Number five, your students can now write down the one point. They can see it, read it. Quote it maybe 10 to 12 times before class ends. Number six, the retention value is assured over and over. Number seven, visualize when you can, illustrate when you can, demonstrate when you can. See, uh, that's, uh, in fact, that last one is one, uh, we've got a booklet on that out there. uh, When you can, visualize, when you can, illustrate, when you can, demonstrate. Why would you do all those? Because that's how people learn best. And how they retain best. Why in the world wouldn't I do that? And so uh, that's why you need to come back and reread this in short little spurts. Uh, and you'll find something to apply in next week's lesson. Another way to say it to your kids or your teenagers or whoever you teach. On page five, down at the bottom, let's see some short values of the one point lessons. Now you have time when, when you're trying to get a one-point lesson. Now I don't mean your content has to go down to 10 minutes and everything else is this. But this is what we're trying to do when, um, when we get there. Um, one of them is clarity. 
With one-point lessons, a teacher has more time to major on clarity of words and terms, especially spiritual words and terms. You see, an unspiritual person in your classroom doesn't know much about Bible words. Uh, We can go through the words of John 3.16, and you'll see some words in there that in all probability you you're going to have to work hard to figure out what that says so you can say it back to your students because we just assume big words. We assume everybody knows what they mean. They, they don't know what they mean, especially spiritual words and terminology. So um, let's see. Where am I? I'm, I'm over here. Okay. Uh, the second one is relevancy. Clarity of relevant spiritual ter- truths to you and your students is huge. I hear God's word. I believe it's true. But show me where it fits in my week-to-week life situations. Show me that, teacher. Show me that. In fact, try spending half of your lesson showing them how it works in real life instead of just content. And you see a big difference. Number three is retention. That's another word. So we, we, we talked about here, and we'll touch on these again. Clarity. You, you must have clarity. Relevancy. And now retention. When you come to class with less total content, you have more time for review and repetition. You can say more about fewer things if you have fewer things to talk about. Now listen to that again. You can say more about fewer things if you have fewer things to talk about. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, suppose, I thought I was supposed to say everything in this book right here, in this, this uh, teacher manual or whatever. Uh, they teach, great teachers do not teach more, they teach less with more focus. Now let me go down to about the last four lines there. We respond to that which we can identify with. That's why our effort in teaching is to help the student see himself in the truth of God's Word. The generalities of a truth are not usually enough to help us recognize ourselves. Now, number four, I want you to read that with me. This is the fourth one we're talking about. Um, What are we talking about? We're talking about clarity, relevancy, retention, pinpoint accuracy. Let's talk about that for a moment. Now, I mark this, so I want you to read it with me. We'll, we'll read by saying pinpoint accuracy, and then we'll start the, the verse there. All right, here we go. <clears throat> pinpoint accuracy. This brings your low, less, I'm, I'm sorry, let me start that over. Huh, all right. <laughs> pinpoint accuracy. This brings your less total content to its best opportunity for more time to concentrate on the one point. Rather than hitting the generalities with a shotgun spray of points, a rifle accuracy allows you to specifically tell me how to live this truth this week. Get to the point quickly and stay there. And that's what we're trying to say. Get to the point in five minutes, and now you've got plenty of time to make application in many avenues there. Um, then take your 30 minutes on illustrating, demonstrating, and visualizing. See, now you've got time to do that. 
Um, number five is options and choices. One point lessons allows teachers time to give the student more options to choose from when the need arises. Choices are how we live our lives. They need more from you because they can't think well for themselves yet. Some of them are too young to uh, figure out how they're getting out of these dilemmas they're getting into. All right, on that page seven here. When content goes on and on, the application of that content grows less and less. Look at the second line there. Remember, the less content you have to cover, the more choices you can cover for your entire class. Uh, for example, let me give you this. If our lesson was Ephesians 4.32, I'd like to make it probably three-week lesson out of that. You know, the, uh, the, the verse, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, um, and uh, forgiving one another. Ooh, that's a hard, hard one there. But there's three different lessons right there. Instead of doing all three of them and say, we need to go home and we need to uh, uh, be, be, uh, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Now, let's all go home and do that. How about taking them one at a time? Because I've tried this in a, a, a young, young marriage class. And say, now this, this week, here's what we're going to do. We're, our lesson is on, uh, is on be kind one to another. And then I'll have somebody at the marker board over here uh, ready to write down. Just And I'll say, give me three words on how you could be kind one to another. Three words. Uh, and I, I get my whole class involved in it. And they raise their hand. I say, mm-hmm, all right, good, right, right. Oh, yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, right, right. Oh, and let them get apart. Now they're thinking, how do I be kind one to another? With our goal is to thoroughly cover that area. And I'll have two or three couples maybe that would uh, stand up and say, you know, uh, illustrate someone who gave you uh, a great act of kindness. And they'll get up and give testimony to that. Uh, give, me, give me a person you did a great act of kindness. They didn't even know who it was, but you saw how it helped them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was great. Have you all tried what they tried? That's great. That's wonderful. And so you just start talking about that and get, them, get that in their mind. That's, that's the content. Now, now, how are we going to do that? Well, the goal of our class is to let's go out this week and every one of us uh, are going to, let's, let's try to make three acts of kindness this week. You can be the three to the same person, not to yourself now, but to the same person or, or you can do them, uh, you, you, you know, however you want to. And, um, and then we're going to come back in next week and we're going to talk about that uh, and, and get the testimonies from our crowd on how it felt for you to do that. And then the response that they had for doing that. Um, and so that's kind of how it works there. So the action is implied. It's implied there. Be ye kind. But the Lord is saying, do it. Do it. Be ye kind. Um, uh, be uh, tender hearted. Some of your students probably couldn't even, e even get up and explain the word tenderhearted. Well, I've heard that before. I've, I've said it myself. But what does it really mean in real life, you see? Because I'm going to try to do that for the next lesson. We'll come in and, and give our joys over the first lesson and how our whole class walked out the door and, and uh, did exactly what God told them to do. Wouldn't that be good if it's your class? And then the next week, be you, you know... Uh, as it goes on through. 
So our memory verse, uh, well, I'm going to skip through some of this. Attitude and action uh, in the class conclusion. Attitudes could see change because of a thorough understanding of spiritual words that you clarify to the students. But attitudes must be followed by action if fruit will be produced. It's the same way in my life. I can, I can sit here and agree with the pastor the whole time he's talking. And agree with God and God's word and all that. And say, man, I, I, I need to do that. But then I can walk out the door and somehow it just slips from my memory. <laughs> I just don't ever get around to it. I still haven't done that. And I fuss at myself all the time. Ab, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Sometime I'll be driving down in our, our uh, uh, van going to a meeting or so, somewhere across the states. And, and I have my wife and my son, Paul. We have a Down Cinder boy. He's one of the greatest joys of our lifetime. We have three other children, but uh, he, he's, he's, he's wonderful. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be driving along and everything's kind of quiet. Paul's got his gospel songs on his ears and listen to them in the back. And all of a sudden I'll say, Ab, what's wrong with you? And I'm driving, I'm driving the van, you know. And she'll, she'll get up, Ab, Ab, are, are you awake? Are you, what? No, I'm thinking. And uh, I should have been thinking there's a road out there, you know. But uh, uh, I like to do that because it, it brings that thought back to my mind again. Uh, so there's other things. Let's go down to the last one on, on page seven on eight. Believable relates to real life. As you prepare your story or illustration, keep comparing it to the world of your students. Talk to your students as if they're going out into the world on Monday through Saturday because they are. It's a world that's not like your Sunday world of singing praise to God, hearing God's word and being uh, with others who love the Lord. The rest of the week's not like that. And... Uh, I want you to read this bottom paragraph with me. Ready? Uh, it's on believable. Believable relates to real life. Let's read that. Believable relates to real life. As you prepare your story or il illustration, keep comparing it to the world of your students. Talk to your students as if they are going into... It's a world that's not like your Sunday world of singing praise to God, hearing God's word, and being with others who love the Lord. It's different. It's different out there. And you're trying to teach something that will make a difference out there. You see? And uh, that's, that's what it is. Now let me watch our time because i got to get used to this too. Um, let's see. We stop at... At 9.50. Okay. All right. I've been going a little bit slower than I usually do, but I want you to kind of get the impact of this book, and we'll skim on through it. Um, but read it as if you're trying to teach yourself. Put your name at questions. Ab, what is this? Sue? I'm not Sue, but, you know. Um, <laughs> let me... Um, Let's see. I want to go on down just a little bit here. All right, let's go over to page nine. Page nine. Thoughts for teachers to consider. Uh, when content goes on and on, the application of that content grows less and less. When you give me point one, 
I, I see that. Point two, I can see that too. Point three, I can see that. Now, wait a minute. What was, what was the first thing he said? Uh, 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 well, we're going point four. I got, I got that one. Uh, that's how it is in our minds sometimes. Um, the average teacher comes to class with too much stuff. Content on top of content is a major deterrent to learning. And the more I have to say, the less time I have to clarify any of it. See, content lingers for a very short time. Because when we go out in the hallway, our mind is on several other subjects out there and friends that we have. And it just kind of washes it away. It's not, it's not their fault. It's just that maybe I haven't taken notes down. That would help me to listen to my pastor better or my teacher. Whatever it is. Uh, one statement of truth defined, clearly il illustrated, and perhaps demonstrated several times stays much longer. So discuss it. Allow for questions. And now you have just clarified the truth where the student could not possibly miss it. That's what you want to do. But so many times I think we miss it because we don't stop and explain that. Uh, good teachers know that the students do not learn multiple lessons in a single session. It's hard to do that. Uh, down about halfway below on page 9 there, more than one illustration, all pointing to the same part of life, simply helps students, all students, to have better opportunity to, of seeing the one main truth within their circumstances within their circumstances, see. And that's what we're trying to show all the way through here. Um, I'm trying to pick and choose here now which ones I'll go for. Uh, good teachers know, uh, down near the bottom of page 10, good teachers know that covering all the material is not the goal, especially if you're using a quarterly. How many of you use a quarterly for Sunday school? You know what a quarterly is? It's a little booklet full of notes. Usually there's too much stuff in there. And, but I've, I've found teachers uh, all over the country who were never told that. They just said, here, you're the teacher. <laughs> God bless you. You know, most of the churches I've been in, in fact, I, I, from the very first teacher training I ever had, I started asking churches that have come in, uh, what is, uh, how long has it been since you had teacher training? Something like this in your church. And I'm not lying to you, 80% or more out of all these 53 years we're into now, um, never had any training whatsoever in 20 to 25 years. And that's in independent Baptist churches. I was in one down in uh, Louisiana just a couple weeks ago. And the pastor had been there 40 years. They'd never... Uh, the, the teachers didn't, it, it's up to them. You're a teacher. That's it. Well, God bless you. <laughs> no curriculum whatsoever. Had to think it up on themselves where they had never done that before. Uh, and uh, no visual aids, nothing to look at, and no training whatsoever. And that's the way it is in, in our circles. We've been in, uh, I've had the meetings, the teacher training meetings in, in uh, over 7,000 independent Baptist churches all these years. And 
at least 80% on every single place I go, it's almost the exact same. Never had it. Never had a teacher's meeting. Uh, but that's our goal. And if you're a teacher, you want to be better. I know you do. I want to be better. I've, I've read every book I can possibly have and, and, and uh, thought so much about it. I want to be better. I want to be better than this. Because if I'm better than this in, in explaining God's word, and, and, uh, then they can be better when they walk out the door. That they know what we said. So, um, <clears throat> all right, let me, uh, let's go to page 11. How much time I got now? Oh, just a little bit. Okay. Um, thoroughness. That's another one of the words there. Uh, is a goal. Clarity is a goal. Real life uh, reality is a goal. Um, we've got to read this together. This next paragraph here, um, I want you to read with me the, the big paragraph at the bottom there. Actually, one, let's start right there. Ready? Actually, one line would be a good way to sum up what the next 35 to 40 minutes is about. For example, you must pray to have your prayers answered. That's enough. Now, transfer that truth into a Monday through Saturday schedule. At the end of your lesson, that's your goal, and then leave time at the end when they commit that kind of schedule in their life to God. Now they walk out of your classroom door with the truth of God and how to put it into living. And life change has all the possibilities of happening. No more y'all to, but here is how to. <coughs> See, that, that is your goal. And the question I have for myself is, is am I doing the best I can do with that right there? Uh, there's a good quote here on the next page. You can read that later on. Um, uh, there's a thought here about uh, before preparing this week, evaluate last week. And um, let's go to the next page, page 13. Um, keep me on my time here. We've got about four minutes left, I think. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> well, I don't usually stand up and read something to everybody. But I thought, since we've got these in here, I just want to show you the impact of it, because some may take this booklet and say, well, that was all right, and uh, go out, and it, it's, it's it, next week they couldn't find it, couldn't even find the book again. Uh, that's just the way all of us are. Um, George Bernard Shaw told us this, the biggest problem in commun communication is the illusion that it has taken place. The illusion from us, it's taking place. Boy, I think that's about the best I've ever done. <laughs> Baloney. You haven't even touched the best you can do. But God wants you to, and he'll answer every prayer you have of becoming a better teacher. Order, structure, logical sequence. See, disorder always arouses questions, uh, uncertainty, and confusion. Order does the opposite. Order causes a few questions to arise, but uh, order, uh, order builds the confidence in students that you know where you're going. Order erases confusion. Then there's structure, is how you put it together. How strong is your lesson uh, to prove the point? 
Then the logical sequence should lead to your students to step by step to the right conclusion. Now read this one with me. It's the last one we'll do together. It's the next paragraph. As you secure your main point, the words which must be defined, the illustrations needed, and the visuals that help you teach, this is when you are beginning to piece together your sequence. It is one of the most important parts of organization. Um, let me just show you what's here in the next pages. On page 14, uh, we finish up with uh, order and sequence here. Recognize learning styles. That'll help you a whole lot. Some of the other things I've got, I've got all kind, I've got 15 books out there, all on teaching, some for adults and uh, uh, all ages. Uh, here uh, on page 14, we start with the auditory learner and then the visual learner, the interactive learner. You know you've got all three in your class. You know who they are? Could you, could you put a name with each one of those words? Or is it, I don't know what's wrong with them, but they're not getting it. <laughs> That's not a solution. <laughs> it is not a solution. Um, oh, there's so much more I wanted to do here, but that's all right. Um, I'll give you a lot of examples in here throughout. Just like on a lesson, the just shall live by faith. That's it for your lesson. That's enough. Or maybe your lesson is zero in on live by faith. See, all right. Perhaps my lesson is uh, about a verse such as, Thy word have I hid my heart that I might not sin against thee. Spend your time on I hid my heart. That's a one-point lesson. Stop right there and teach them that. They've heard that verse for years, but a lot of them haven't found out how do you, how do you hide God's word in my heart. How does that work? Uh, then we go to one-point lessons. Again, uh, there's some good stuff in here. Uh, let's see concluding our thoughts and so forth. All right, that, that's enough. Our time's up. But um, these little books will help you. We've got, uh, uh, we've got uh, 11 of them out there. Uh, the next one I'm going to teach is Jesus, uh, Teach Like Jesus Taught.